Are you finding yourself in survival mode, feeling like you are running on empty and worried that you might be leading yourself all the way through to burnout? If so, I have made a video on the 10 signals that you might be in survival mode, so go back and watch that one first and then come back here because we're gonna talk about what we can do and we're gonna get really practical. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. I'm the mother of five. I'm the founder of Present Play. And today I want to help you uh, just come to terms with some of the things that you can do if you feel like you are kind of teetering on the brink of burnout, right? You feel like you're in survival mode. And the way I explain this is basically that you have a bunch of responsibilities, a bunch of expectations of yourself, right? And you need support in order to get those expectations met. Like you might wanna make healthy meals or look good or feel good or keep a clean home or be a great parent or be a star at your job. In order to do those things, you need a certain level of resources. Now, when your resources drop, right? Like uh, our income drops, our time drops, the level of help and support we have at home drops. Um, then we are no longer matched to meet our expectations. And that's when we start to enter into conservation, right? We need to refuel somehow. We need to get more support and we're in survival mode. And if we're in there too long and our responsibilities stay high or even pile higher, then we might actually burn out, which means that we will crash, we have a nervous breakdown, we don't function, we're apathetic. And obviously that's a terrible place for us to go to, a terrible place for our kids, for ourselves, for our family. And what we really want to do is survive survival mode to the point where our, uh, our expectations meet our support system, right? To the point where we can get more support or perhaps reduce our level of responsibility somehow so that they match. So today let's talk about how we can conserve that energy so that we can kind of make it through survival mode as much as we can and back into thriving. Number one is to simplify everything. When I'm in survival mode, that is the time that I break out the cereal for dinner. That is the time that I do the simplest laundry routines. Uh, that is the time that I don't get fancy with anything. So if there's anything you're doing that's a little bit extra, that's an expectation you can immediately drop and you should because you need to conserve your energy. So when you're in survival mode, simplify. Simplify your routine, simplify the things that you're expecting yourself to do, simplify your meals, simplify your shopping, simplify everything. Number two, when I'm in survival mode, I give myself permission to use screens a lot more. So if I'm on lockdown for weeks on end without any help, then that will be a time when I up the amount of movies that we watch at home. Why? Because screen time, you know, we all have a complicated relationship with it for whatever reason, it's a complicated subject. But if you feel uncomfortable with a lot of screen time as I do, that's okay. But during survival mode, that is way better than you burning out, right? So if that gives you the hour or two that you need to rest or to do your work or to clean up or whatever it is, then it's so worth it, right? If you didn't use the screens because because you're dead set against them, but then you end up burning out or yelling at your kids or just having a bad atmosphere at home because you can't get your stuff done. I think the trade-off is not, you know, is not worth it. It's much uh, less damaging to use more screens than it would be for you to feel like you're burning out. That's, that's how I feel at least. 
And as with everything I share, just take what works for you and leave the rest. You may or may not resonate with these points. But my next point is to give yourself a pass on things like homeschooling or reading. You might have a lot of pressure of the things that you want to do every day with your baby, with your children. Uh, maybe you're doing a certain program, virtual school, reading, homeschooling, uh, all of that stuff. You need to just take a deep breath and realize that the priority when you're in survival mode is your sanity. That's the priority, your sanity, the atmosphere at home, the relationships between you and your kids. And if those things are gonna suffer, it's not worth them suffering for a little bit more reading. Remember, a lot of homeschool kids uh, make up an entire year of schooling, of academic schooling, in a couple of weeks in the summer with some extra help. So don't feel like you have to stay on that treadmill or stay in that rat race. Instead, prioritize your family's happiness and calm. Prioritize your sanity, and if it's throwing you over the edge, then it might mean that it's really time to take a break from that. Number four is to lower your expectation of presence with your children. Listen, I think you probably have a goal like I do to be present with your kids, to look them in the eyes, to play with them, to read to them, to hang out with them. When you're in survival mode, that can be very hard to do because you're not really feeling present yourself. You're feeling frazzled and overwhelmed and you're much more likely to get triggered. So you might try to play with them, but then get extra annoyed and just end up yelling at them, right? And in that case, maybe it would have been better not to have tried to begin with. So I think when I'm in survival mode, I think to myself, if I can have one minute, 60 seconds of presence a day with my child, if I can look them in the eye and be there with them and tell them I love them once a day, okay, just before bedtime, for example, then at least I've kind of ticked that box and I'm gonna release any expectations for the rest of the day. The rest of the day, I'm gonna focus on doing whatever I can to increase my level of support, to get my stuff done, to calm my nervous system, uh, to take care of my basic needs and the basic needs of my family. And so release that expectation. One minute a day of presence is, you know, is, is more than nothing. It's more than most parents even think of doing. Um, and it's going to make a big difference in your relationship and it will be more effective than chasing your tail all day. Yeah, I'll play with you, yeah, I'll play with you, yeah, I'll play with you, but then ending up being resentful and even more depleted. The next one, and this is something I really use a lot in my coaching, is to write down scripts that can help you through this time. So if you're having a particularly hard time, like something specific has happened, for example, maybe uh, you lost your job, and there's a decrease in income and that means you really need to be more mindful of what you're spending on. Or maybe you're mourning, maybe you're grieving, you know, maybe uh, a grandparent passed away, for example, right? In those types of scenarios, what's very uh, stressful is when our children keep asking us questions and we don't know how to answer them, right? Like, where is grandpa? Uh, why are you crying? What's happening, right? That kind of question can send us over the edge when we're already in an emotionally fraught situation and all ready uh, in survival mode or why can't I buy a guitar why can't I go ice skating it's not fair right and we're trying to explain well I lost my job and I need to deal with this now so what I would recommend is writing down a script and I'm gonna give you a quick little structure on how I like to do that um, that you could apply to any scenario and then you kind of have that in your back pocket and when your child asks you you just say that sentence again and again and you're done you don't need to keep thinking oh how will I explain this right so the way you structure of the script is in two parts. The first part is the bare bone facts. And the second part is a little bit of coaching for optimism and resiliency. So the bare bone facts go something like, 
we can't spend the money on that right now because I've lost my job. And so we need to conserve our money or we need to save more, right? That's the bare bone facts. Remember, we're not piling in a lot of emotion there. Like, um, you know, I'm so distressed about this. It's such a bad thing that happened. And you're being so annoying and demanding. And you know, you're so spoiled. We're not doing any of that. We're just saying the bare bone fact is I lost my job. So we need to be more careful about saving money. And then the coaching is where we introduce just a little bit of, uh, you know, an optimistic or resilient way of looking at the situation or something our children could hold on to so that it doesn't become something too scary or worrisome for them. So the second bit could be something like, we're still gonna have a lot of fun as a family. Um, you know, this is normal, it's happening to a lot of people. Um, we're going to get back on our feet. This isn't your fault, right? Just those kind of things of like, don't worry about this. Yes, it's a big deal and yes, we need to take care of it, but we will. The adults are in the driver's seat, you are safe. Your basic needs will be cared for, don't worry, right? We want them to feel that. So let's do that with the other scenario. Say you are mourning the loss of a grandparent. Uh, you're obviously hyper emotional and very upset, um, but you want some kind of script that can anchor you so that you can share it with your child without getting overwhelmed by emotion each time. And so you could say something like, grandpa died, his body stopped, stopped working, and that's why I'm so sad and we're all gonna miss him terribly, right? That's the bare bone facts. And then the, the coaching might be something like, we're gonna hold on to his memories forever. Uh, you know, we always have the amazing times, uh, the amazing stories and the amazing times we've shared with him to talk about and that kind of thing. Like, let's go look at the album, right? Just kind of something that involves a little bit of coaching. So that offers a framework for whatever it is you're going through, right? I, I have more stress at work. Okay, so I have a lot more work to do this week than usual. Um, we just say the bare bone facts. I'm not gonna have time to play because uh, I have a lot more work this week, um, but don't worry, we're going to play more next week, right? Or don't worry, you can have a play date with Johnny, whatever it is. The next thing you have to do when you're in survival mode and teetering on the brink of burnout is to ask for help and accept it wherever you can. I know this is a really hard one for so many of us. We're in this hyper-individualistic society. We want to be able to do everything by ourselves and we expect to. And when we are in this mode, it's actually even harder to ask for help because we're vulnerable and because we're having a hard time and we don't want to be seen that way. However, think about if it was the reverse, right? Think about if your friend was having a hard time and they asked you for help. Wouldn't you be so happy to help them? Wouldn't it in fact bond you together? Wouldn't you feel even closer to them? You know, it took me to my fourth child to be willing to accept a meal train from my community where they bring you a meal every day for a week after you have a baby. And it's such a beautiful tradition. And I don't know why I was so, you know, individualistic and no, I can do it and I don't need help, right? I was like, that, that lone wolf. But the truth is that when I accepted it, it was such a sweet thing that they did. And it actually, I could see that people were so happy to give a meal and to be in a position to help me. And it bonded us together. I feel this closeness with those people who were able to show up during that time for me. And so it really reminded me that it feels good to give and you should give other people the opportunity to give to you when you need it. Don't feel shy uh, to just ask vulnerably and honestly, like, hey, I'm having a hard time. Is there any possibility you can help me with this? No pressure if not, right? I think that's really missing in many of our cultures. 
um, and I think it's it's a bit of a tragedy, right, of the modern world to be so separated out into our tiny family units. It's a shame we're missing out on a lot of the bonding that happens in uh, tight-knit communities. And the way that we make sure that that can be part of our lives is to actually allow it in and accept it, right? When people are offering, don't just brush them off. Say, you know what? I'd love to take you up on that. Thank you so much. Leading on from that, is number seven which is to let people in share with people how you are feeling so often we have this front right i'm fine everything's good and i'm not suggesting going on a rant or complaining the whole time um, but if you are the type of person who needs to present a very polished front but you're having a bit of a hard time just authentically, honestly, vulnerably, uh, in a raw way, just say, you know, I'm having a little bit of a hard time right now. And that can help people realize not to pile more things onto you, right? Maybe it's your boss or a coworker or your partner or a good friend uh, or the school, uh, whoever it is that is used to leaning on you, it, it might really benefit you and them for them to just realize that right now, for this period, you have less resources and you're less capable of being that support figure for others at the moment. So this might mean saying no when people ask you for extra favors, when people ask you to join a board meeting or to, you know, head up a project. It might mean being realistic about what you can and can't take on right now uh, so that you can conserve those energies and get through this period and get back to thriving and back to being that person who's able to help everybody else. Number eight is your self-care. When you're in survival mode, it's even harder to take care of your basic needs, like sleeping and eating and being healthy and moving your body and that kind of thing. But uh, ironically, it's also more important, right? Because you need whatever energy you can get. So really ask yourself if you're being as frugal as you can be with your time, uh, in the sense that you could potentially maybe take care of yourself a little better. Are you spending time scrolling on Facebook in the night? Are you zombieing out? Are you eating things that are making you feel like rubbish? If you do those things, it's understandable. You're in an emotional state and we all have our escapes. However, it's sabotaging you even further. And so when I am in survival mode, I notice that I'm reaching for sugar a lot more, that I'm reaching for screens a lot more, and that I'm much less likely to go out for a walk or to do my yoga. And I really have to catch myself there and you need to tell yourself, listen, I need this. It's actually something that I'm doing for myself. And if I don't do this, I can see the cascade effects, right? And this is a lot of what we need to do when we're in survival mode is to see where the trajectory will lead us if we carry on down this path, right? Like if I carry on down this path of not taking care of myself, of being in a lot of stress, it will lead to burnout. And that is something I really do need to actively avoid. It's my responsibility to avoid it. And so it's my responsibility to put down my phone and go to bed early one night. It's my responsibility to stop feeding my body food that I don't feel good with and to start treating it right. It's not only my responsibility, but it's also a way of making myself feel good. It's, it's that first step that will spiral me uh, and snowball me upwards in the better direction uh, and will equip me to actually get myself out of this slump that I'm in. Number nine is your self-talk. 
When we're in survival mode, we feel like we're failing. We feel like everything's falling apart. We feel like everything's an emergency and we tend to be a lot more triggered. So we tend to behave a lot more badly than we used to. And so we start to tell ourselves that we're a failure, that we're messing up, that nothing's going right. Why does this always happen to me? Just my luck, right? All of that kind of self-talk actually brings us further and further down. It doesn't coach us up. Okay, I can do hard things. I can deal with this. I can face this. I've gone through things before in my life and I'll get through this as well, right? It's dragging us down rather than coaching us up and helping us overcome. And so when you're in survival mode, if you're there right now, notice how you're talking to yourself and start to coach yourself as you would coach your child. If your child's going through a really rough time, if your child feels like they keep failing and failing and failing, say in school, um, how would you tell them uh, that they can overcome it, right? I would say things like, you're strong, you can do hard things, you can overcome this, come, let's do it together. You're doing so great, look at how much you've already accomplished, right? Let's look on the bright side, let's look at the silver linings, let's look at the ways you are succeeding, right? Just focusing on that optimism is going to really help us to kind of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get going on the things we can control, on the things that we can perform well in right now. Again, that is going to change the trajectory towards something more positive. And finally, I wanna say, this is the time to enlist your children's help. It is wonderful for children to feel like they are part of the household, that they are needed, that they are important. And we've come a long way in terms of ensuring our children's comfort and ensuring that they are well cared for and in ensuring that they are well treated and treated with respect. Sometimes we go too far in not expecting enough of them. I think this is a great time to expect your children to help you, right? To do chores alongside you, putting their laundry, maybe in the laundry or maybe just in the basket, picking up their plates, picking up their toys, um, cleaning up if they've spilt something, all the things that they can do for themselves. Can they put on their shoes by themselves? Then ask them to. Can they fetch the water for themselves? Then ask them to. Explain to them that there is a lot going on and you need their help. Whenever I'm in a period of time where I have no help by myself, stressed, lots of work to do, etc. It's a time when I tell my kids that. I say, look, I've got a lot going on. Here's what's happening. I've thrown my back out. Daddy's away. We have no help. There is no school. I need you guys to be great helpers. I need you to tidy up your toys and uh, help me with the cooking and do all the things that you're capable of doing. And even from as early as two years old, children are able to do quite a lot of things for themselves, right? So I want you to remember that that's actually really healthy for them. That's not another thing to add to your guilt list. That's something that's great for them. They feel capable, they feel uh, like they're contributors and they are and they should be. Don't take that away from them. If you are currently in survival mode, I hope that these 10 tips have helped and they will help to kind of rein you back from burnout. Remember that's a real risk and really take it seriously to look after yourself, ask for help, simplify everything that you can. If you think this could be helpful for another parent who's going through a challenging time, please do share it with them. Keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. <laughs>